If I, if I, if I talk funny, it's because I have a broken tooth. The other day, I was eating an egg sandwich of all things, and um, I felt like, you know, how when there's like a texture in your mouth that shouldn't be there. So mm. I felt this little hard thing rolling around with the egg sandwich bits, and I, and so I spit it out, and it was like a part of my tooth. My tooth. And but the, it's like the bottom of the tooth on the back so the tooth is now like a dagger <laughs> and and so all weekend this happened on friday all weekend it was rubbing up against my tongue so my tongue is like really sore and then i've kind of figured out ways to do it but i sound kind of weird you know stick my tongue directly on the dagger mm-hmm. and talk and it's like this um <laughs> so so i'm trying not to do that but um so then this this morning i called and i said hey 
this tooth is killing me. Can I get in uh, and get it fixed? And I thought they would like, they're like, yeah, come on in. And I thought they were going to like fix it. <laughs> but what they, what they did was they were just grinding it down so it's not as much of a dagger. Yeah. And then I have an appointment in January to get it like a filling or whatever there. But, but what's strange is I don't know if it worked because my tongue hurts. So it oh, it just hurts so much. So yeah. so I don't know if it's actually. So it goes in and out of like being rough to, and I can't help. It's like that. I can't help but pester it either. Like rub mm. my tongue against it and yep. touch it, and it's that kind Kelsey's of. Kelsey's going through that. She had a filling fall out, and she thought she could just go back in and they refill it. Oh yeah. But it's so old. Yeah. That, um, she ended up having that root canal, and that's two procedures. Oh, no. And yeah, she, I've never so had So she did the first part, and now she's got to do the crown next time. Okay, yeah. I've, I've never... I've had yeah. my fair share, fair share of fillings, but I've never had to have, like, a root canal or any of those big... You know, like my dad just had all of his pulled. All of his teeth. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Like, six months ago. He, he will never listen to this, but he'll hate me saying this. Um, but he... Yeah, they were... It was just got to the point where you know he's sixty, almost sixty-five. It was just like let's, let's. Uh, wow. They're like let's just get rid of him. And he grew so up. He got full-on dentures. Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and he's also really shy about it. Like he won't let you see them without them oh, yeah. in, and um, yeah. And so that's always funny. Well, anyways, um, <laughs> I'm here with Dan Keelish, um, who joins me in the last names that should be pretty easy to pronounce but often get butchered category yes. <laughs> um what is the weirdest one what is how did what's the weirdest way someone's tried to pronounce keelish oh, man i get kellick kellick they i remember pronounce the a the e is an a i remember seeing i remember being at one of your baseball games one time and an announcer it was like a um an all-star game and they pronounced they rhymed it with relish yeah. So they did Kellish. Yeah, that's a little closer than It's a little them. closer, but it's it is funny like the, people try to go to something that's like recognizable or like a sound that's a, but if you just look at it, I think it's there. Um and I it's the way people will like try to change like the first letter of my last name just so they don't have to say the word gobble. They like don't want to say it. <laughs> you have to force them to say it. It's like it's gobble. So they'll be like God, Sobble? And I'm like, no, it's got, it's clearly Gobble. <laughs> so, anyways, Dan's here with me. Um, uh, one of my oldest friends. I feel like I say that a lot on this podcast, but I just this is the podcast yeah. is I had my yeah. friends on. Um, and someone I admire a lot who's now um, a high school high school teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Are you teaching math? Math, okay. I couldn't remember business or math. We're teaching math and um, coaching wrestling and football down yep. at Lawrence North. Yep. Yeah. And so you just came up after wrestling practice. Yeah, we had uh, football weights this morning at 9 and okay. wrestling practice 10 to noon. So even on vacation, you you don't get yeah. vacation? Not much one. <laughs> so how's that? How's that? We were just kind of talking about it, um, kind of about you, how you've been doing this for a while now, right? And so... I was like, wow, this is this seems big because you're at like a school with like close to three thousand kids, and we're yeah. from a school with four hundred, uh, yeah. uh, even less now. I heard that the graduating classes now are like in the nineties. Yeah. we were it's, like one twenty something. It's small. 
around here. But so that's a big change. Like, uh, the uh, how many schools have you worked at? Uh, well, I did student teaching through Richmond uh-huh. Community Schools. Was that a pretty big school? Yeah, when it comes to football, that's how I always break down the size of a school. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So Richmond's 4A in football. Richmond's 4A. And then I was at Union County High School for five years as an assistant football coach for three. And then I was an assistant football coach at Earlham College for two. What was the Union City? Is and then Union County. Union County. And then I was the head what, wrestling coach there that? as well. They're uh, 2A. They're the size Elwood is now basically yeah. their graduating classes are about 100. Okay. So they're small. It's the only school in the county, the only county in this state without a McDonald's. <laughs> is that real? Is that real? That's a fact. Union County. That is an amazing. It, but is great that, Is that good? Huh? Is that like, I wonder if, are they, I want to see their health standards. Like, are they healthier? I have no <laughs> idea. Judging by no idea. the population. But they, uh, it, and that, um, down there, they also, one of the elementary schools, the half-court line is the Indiana-Ohio State line. The actual half-court line on the, the elementary school. On yeah. the basketball court is the actual state, yeah. runs through the state, the line. state line. That is, wow. Yeah, they did, they did a news story on it a couple, a year or two ago about very you know, cool. shooting in Indiana, making an Ohio thing. <laughs> that, that is very cool. Uh, I've... I've always wanted to go to that spot, what is it, like Colorado, Utah, and whatever, there where you can like stand mm-hmm. and like put one hand in and put feet in. Like I've always thought that would be, maybe I'll do that one day. But that's, yeah, that's always like an interesting, but the basketball one, that is so Indiana. Yes, that's very um, Indiana. That is such an Indiana vibe. So anyway, sorry, and then you were, you went to, back to Earlham where you went to school and... Yeah, um, I coached football there for a couple years while I was still at Union County coaching wrestling. Okay. And then was the head coach at Union County for wrestling for two years, and then um, got an opportunity at Lawrence North yep. thanks to uh, Dave Cloud, the head coach at Pendleton. Love okay. that guy. He's been there since we were in school and longer. Um, he got my foot in the door, and then this is my second year at Lawrence North. Are you head coach or assistant coach? Or? Um, assistant football and assistant for wrestling. Cool. Um, yeah, but so talk to me about that. Like, that do you ever think back to like when we were in high school and like look around and you're like, holy cow, like, well, it's also more diverse, yeah, meaning diverse at all. all <laughs> and then, um, and then, yeah, it's bigger, it's better funded. Um, yeah. is it, do you ever like how, how did I get here? That kind of moment, yeah, yeah a little bit. I mean, it's. I didn't know if I'd ever go into the big school, but yeah. after being in the big school, I don't know if I'll ever Are they five believe it. 6A. 6A. Well, one of the smaller. I didn't know there was a 6A. Yeah, for, well, football opened up a 6A um, a couple years back, but uh-huh. we're one of the smaller 6As, but even for a big school, um, our superintendent, the principal that I get to work for, um, they're awesome. It's got the, It's still got the small town feel, even yeah. though we have people from you know, 42nd and post to Geist areas yeah. to come down in. But it's the best place I've worked for so far. I don't think I'd leave for a long time. You're, you're happy. Yeah, I'm happy. And, it, and you know, we're not going to say anything official, but we, we, had mentioned, we had briefly talked about, like, things are looking good for getting more and more involved and moving up the ranks there yeah. in the various ways. Um, yeah, that that's a... That's so happy for you. You're on, you're on my list of friends. It's like 
um, as someone who's been battling mental illness and who has been very uh, inconsistent and underachieving in his life in the last couple of years, admittedly, um, I like like voyeuristically look at my friends who have like quote unquote normal lives. And I, no, Man, no, no, there is no normal. No, no, I know there. <laughs> no, but like sometimes I'm like, oh, damn, <laughs> like I just that's so nice. He can like just he's like has can like go be a teacher and like coach and that's and he like did that path and that's what he wants to do you know um or other friends like with jobs or family it's just in my moment i have my i get to and it's not like i'm not doing it like a what was me i'm doing i'm thinking of it like a i'm happy for you but also like yeah the way that like some people might look at me like well ty can just do whatever the hell he wants that's nice (laughs) like like um yeah and so so yeah i'm proud of you man that's been an amazing uh journey for you um how's how's teaching right now with well i know you're on break but you know before break uh with all this covid stuff how's that been what have y'all been doing down there it's interesting uh to say the least are you doing in-person stuff yeah so we start off with a hybrid model um you know we had so many kids in the building and the others at home split it up on the alphabet Kind of, so and like they're on a some block kids schedule. come Tuesday, Thursday, some kids come yeah, Monday, that Wednesday, kind of So Monday and Tuesday was A through L. Wednesday <laughs> and Thursday was M through Z. Because um, we're on the block schedule, so that way they are at least in physically in their class once a week. Uh, okay. But then when Marion County shut all schools down to go all virtual, then we've been on that. So it's really a – it's great. honestly, it's kind of great as a teacher because you can try a bunch of stuff you've been wanting to try. Okay. And just see what's gonna what's yeah, gonna work and what's not because show. it's all, all it's so, already uh, nobody's ever done this before. Yeah. So, so figure something out. Let's go for it. yeah. Let's try it. That's really that is cool. Um, what do you have an example of something that you've tried out with math? Like I just I feel like math would be is math uh, translate easy to um, virtual learning? Yeah, I mean I'm trying to do more projects more you know, what you see and bring it into the math once we get the certain, you know, I'm teaching algebra two right now, so once we get a, a good base understanding of the theory, you know, I just finished the semester with finding a parabola yeah. somewhere in the world and then get the dimensions of it and let's graph it, let's put all our theory to what we see kind of thing. So I think it opens up a lot of possibilities, but at the same time, it's, you got to get a way to get that theory in sure so it's trying to balance those two things it's been interesting to say the least and you know you're dealing with technology so sometimes zoom doesn't work sometimes things go down and (laughs) does your school do all the kids have like school issued laptops or ipads yeah Yeah, we're one-to-one so that's that's really good yeah we're one-to-one and that we got a grant this year to get um the at-home hotspots for our students that need those most yeah i know a lot of the elwood schools you know, because of the having uh, a poorer population, I think have gotten a lot of that or have all that. So I'm happy for that, like people being able to have access to that technology yeah. and not having to worry about that. But I know there's got to be schools, especially like really small schools. I'm thinking like a like a tri-central or something yeah. that like or really even smaller schools that like don't have those resources or haven't invested in those resources. And so like, how are you doing that? Yeah, that, it, that comes down to the administrator. I just finished my admin uh, master's and learned a lot on that side about the grants and things you mm-hmm. can write for. 
And you know, a lot of the technology that smaller schools will get will come from writing a grant to the state of Indiana, and then you know what it's going to be purposeful, and that's yeah. how quite a few smaller schools like that yeah. probably have gotten their one-to-one outside of you know specific fundraisers or setting aside capital funds. Sure, because sure. so, that's that's the big one, you know, write that, get some grant writers, and get it pushed yep. through, and is that you get it. So I forgot that you did that. Uh, is that is that a goal? So that's a goal. What's an, an admin type stuff? Yeah, I At mean... What level would you... What sounds fun? You know, right now at LN, I'm te- teaching, coaching, I'm working um, with our freshman principal on some discipline and attendance type stuff. It's like a, you know, for lack of a better word, it's the, what a dean would do in a way. Yeah, yeah. Just not the official title. Yeah, Just yeah. to get some experience with it. You know, the, the perfect... I guess the goal would be to be somewhere where I could be an administrator, you know, one of the grade level assistant principals and be the defense coordinator for the yeah. football team. That would be a goal. I think the end game goal far out when I'm old, if I make it there is doing my PhD and retiring out to teaching teachers at the college level. That's amazing, man. That's so cool. Um, yeah, what a journey. I, I just, well, I was just thinking back like, High school, da- I keep thinking about high school Dan. Um, he was an asshole. Huh? <laughs> he was an asshole. <laughs> he was an asshole. Uh, well, but, well, you were never an asshole to me, so I, I don't, I'm kind of oblivious and self-centered, so I'm like, he was nice to me. <laughs> and, um, but, what you thinking, what did you think you were going to do when you were in high school? Because I don't, I don't think math teacher was, yeah, no. was on the list, was it? No, I had no idea. When I went to college, I really had no idea. I was going originally went to college to be a PE teacher. And yeah. And be in weights because I, I liked working out. I liked, I read all kinds of books on that stuff. I liked writing workouts for people. Yeah. Um, but at the time, when you're that age coming from a small place, you may not necessarily see what that can translate to, like a strength coach, yep. a D1 program, and all that stuff. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do doing that. And then. Um, I jumped into business and pre-engineering yep. in undergrad. And then uh, once I graduated, came back home, started working a sales job because I didn't want to go to uh, grad school yet for yep. to finish engineering stuff. And the next thing I know, I was doing all my sales stuff around my coaching. And then the way I looked at it, I was like, well, I can only help these kids that I'm coaching right now. But if I go back and get my teaching license, now I can help more kids. Yep. And then once I was teaching, I was like, if I go back and get my admin, then I can help more kids. And that's just kind of been the thing that's been driving me. Something about I like working with kids, like trying to help them. That's yeah. always been a goal of mine. So do you think maybe that's the appeal of a bigger school as well? Is that yeah. more kids to yeah, more, more help? kids for the reach. I mean, kids are kind of the same everywhere. They're all, you know, they had different backgrounds. They're coming from different situations. But at the end of the day, they still, all kids still want and need some sort of structure, yep. some sort of, They need structure. You know, they need validation. Go, some yeah. Some, they need someone to believe in them, someone purpose. to push them, all that good stuff. So yeah. I think, and even when we were kids, when we were real little and I still lived in that trailer down the road, Yep. Um, you know, when you're back, like, I'm going to be a pro athlete, you know. One of my, <laughs> I remember right now one of my goals was, like, to start a thing for kids that, from every background that they could go to for free to, you know, so your poor kids can meet your rich kids and everything yeah. in between. And that was always been a thing. So it's something about been wanting to help kids that I've always had. Yeah. No idea why. Huh. 
I don't want, I'm trying to, I'm avoiding <laughs> armchair psych, psychology. Yeah, you can do all the psych on that you want, but it's always, it's yeah, always no, that's been a, there. That's, that's really great. Um, and, and you're like really putting that to practice. Um, yeah, I wonder, I always felt like there's a group of us here that uh, we are certainly from here. You and I are certainly of our parents and we, you know, we were, and we both could fit in in multiple groups in school, and we, we, it wasn't like that. But then we also had this pull outside of like, I think there's more than this. Mm-hmm. I think certain kids have that pull, and that's what communities like this. When I talk to my friends who live in in this community in towns like this, of like, yes, encourage them to. I there's always seems to be everyone either leaves and doesn't give a shit about Elwood anymore, or they get stuck here, and they don't pay attention to the wider world, but you can do both. Yeah, yeah, I think, obviously people look down on, but people that get stuck in their hometown or whatever, but that's the majority of people. Yeah. I think it's just about what you do, what you gotta recognize, there's something else out there, and the ones that go away, not forgetting what got you to where you are. Yeah. Like what made you and stuff like that, so. That, that just goes into a whole ball of when you see different things on social media uh, and people get mad at stuff. It's like, well, they can't forget their first 20 years before they got out and what the place was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What situation they're in now. So it all just, it all ties together. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I wonder how sports plays into that as well, of this kind of being able to see beyond your, your current circumstance. Where I was, I was hanging out with Larry Nutt the other day. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that, and we were, and I made this realization for him because I knew it was true. I said, "I bet you a hundred bucks the first time you ever met a black person um, was uh, playing basketball, and it was because I mean, because what? How else would you? You yeah, know, not from not coming from here at the time. And so the that chance to get to meet friends of different backgrounds." Uh, comes through sports in that way where you and you know when you're traveling i mean i know you did a lot of traveling uh, and with wrestling especially and also with football and um or even just like the chance to go to earl and play football like so i you know there's there was this weird push of like uh we're taking sports too seriously and i think in some ways we do right we there's certain ways we do but we also can't minimize the actual lessons and the actual opportunities that they afford. I mean, no, we're not all, all of us that said we were going to be in the NBA or in the NFL when we were kids aren't, I was never going to be in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) It was very clear. Um, But, but just if I, I quit playing basketball freshman year and it's just like, I missed out on some really important moments because right when it got hard, I quit. And if you push yeah, forward, push that's like a really and you, my man, push forward really hard. You went to what year was it that you went to the state wrestling? Our senior year. It was our senior year. I couldn't remember his junior or senior year, and stuff like that. So yeah, what were those experiences like? Like, what did you learn from like I don't know going to state for wrestling? I, ooh, I've only watched that state match one time. That was you watched it, like yeah. You well, because my my mom filmed all my matches for me, so I would watch wrestling film. Yeah, uh, with Benny LeCount, 
um, Cody's dad, just like we would watch football film or anything, trying to learn and do all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that was one match that was hard to learn because I had made it there, and man, wrestled the worst match of my senior year that night. But uh, I mean, it was just fun. It was a great experience. But you know what I what I kind of tell some kids now that I coach that I see them right at the edge of yeah. getting to their goals is you know I have regret from when I was an athlete, so you don't have to. You know, because so I really can learn think learn those lessons along yeah. the way. You know, because I think I could either. You know, saying, so, oh, I didn't do this, that, and third, or use it in a way to help yep, other yep, yep. kids and try to push them through. So, and then, you know, just sports are awesome because if the world was like a football locker room, things would be a lot better. Yeah? You How know? so? And just, I haven't been in a football locker the, room since <laughs> I was 12. You know, the, <laughs> good point. You know, the, the camaraderie, the... Understand now, not everybody in there gets along. Yeah, not everybody gets along in real life, yeah. but you can have those conversations. There's always going to be cultural yeah, issues that we need to like work on. Like, yeah. uh, but yeah, but those yeah. big, yeah, you're things. just working just the working toward a common goal. Like in football, obviously, it's winning, but in life, it's obviously you know a better standard of living yeah. or a better world. And and then you have the camaraderie where you can joke, you know, some of the jokes I have with my college teammates. Those will always be in the locker room because if those get out, <laughs> people are going to be like, what? Yeah, but out of it's context. Just those yep, things yep, that yep, sure. would help take the edge off of some of this little life. Sure. And, well, yeah. And, yeah, you'll never. Oh, I, well, no, what I was going to say was there's this sense uh, in our culture that if you're uncomfortable, it's bad. We kind of overcorrected where there's a lot of kind of funky things going on around, around, uh, well, I'll put it in my opinion, very simply, like men were doing a lot of creepy, weird things for a while, right? And so we kind of have overcorrected where now if something's uncomfortable or something is difficult, then it's okay to just hands up and run away. And that's what I, that's what sports, for me, it was, uh, when I, when I got to college, I was playing intramural sports and working out on my own. Where that's where I learned it, because uh, I missed that chance because I because my because I quit and my parents let me. And that's the thing that yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to get back. Is that like, there's really hard moments. Like I remember you preparing for that season in wrestling, and you were like kicking your own ass constantly. Yeah. I remember like making weight and and working out and the actual matches and so um that's just yeah those are lessons you can't you can't buy you know you can't read you can't read (laughs) that um yeah i think that senior year was weird because my first three years i got knocked out at regional and actually now my principal was uh the head coach of the kids that from lawrence north that beat me my freshman oh really yeah um but um you know, that senior year almost didn't even happen. I really considered not wrestling anymore. I know, I remember. Because you yeah. kind of decided you weren't going to do it in college, so you were kind of thinking, like, why? Yeah, Can- not, it was <clears throat> just frustration. It was yeah. the point you are talking about. But, you know, I loved Coach Levitt so much and the fact that he coached me and my dad that I knew he had two more years, either me or Herd or one of the guys in the class below us. And there was 
Yeah, there's like maybe six of us, seven of us. Yeah. That had a legit it was really shot. Good. You guys were really good. Yeah, at that, that had a legit shot to make it down there to get coached down there one more time. So really that's what that senior year was about. I just wanted yeah. to try to get him to coach down there at State one more time. Yeah. And, um, well, I wonder, you mentioned watching that video and that, I wonder looking back, do you, can you remember being there or was it just so out, was it kind of out of body? Uh, no, I remember. I remember, uh. Could you feel that it maybe wasn't going to go the way you wanted it to go? I, when we were in high school, when I, when I played sports, I was a creature of habit. Uh-huh. And one of my habits got broke <clears throat> on the mat waiting. Uh, oh, Because the rest were doing something with the clock, getting the table set. Um, and I remember breaking my concentration before we got in the line. Not that that had anything to do with it, but I yep. just remember some basic things that I normally would have done. Yep. For some reason, I didn't do that night. And just, you know, and the kid was, I mean, the kid was ranked number two in the state at the time. He ended up getting seventh. I mean, the kid was solid. Yeah. But it was just one of those that I still remember, you know, the points of the match where it just turned. Yeah. You know, and just didn't go well. But, well, I just wondered from the psychology of it if there was a yeah, like you said, there was it just you got thrown off a little and and is wrestling uh, more mental than people realize? Oh yeah, it's all men. I tell my kids that I coach that because it seems like the most physical sport, right? Yeah, wrestling it's two bodies. Wrestling takes two things to be great at, in my opinion. Um, they both boil down to being mentally tough, but I think it takes a strong work ethic and ability to handle pain. Yeah. And if you can do those two things, you don't have to run a 4-3-40. You don't have to have a 38-inch vert or you anything like that. Hands. You don't have to be 6-6. Six, six. Yep. You just got to be able to withstand pain and work really hard. Yeah. Which makes it the easiest sport to be great at, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. So I have two childhood memories <laughs> about you around wrestling. So one was one time I asked you how are you so good at wrestling? This was like, I think we were like in fifth or sixth grade. And you told me um, that you're good, <laughs> you're good at wrestling because you practice by wrestling pigs. <laughs> um, and so I thought that was, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and I will always remember that. <laughs> and then another really good one was in like, I think it was, we were pretty young. It might've been like third grade. And my mom stuck me in wrestling, wanted me to try wrestling, and so I did, and I knew you, and so we were, like, messing around, and we were wrestling, and I think I got a little cocky for some reason. I think I did something that was good, and I got a little cocky, and so you put me in my place, and you broke the rules, and you put me in a Boston Crab. I don't, man. And I have this memory of, of you, you know, we were in the Boston Crab where you flip them over, yeah. and pull the legs back, and I, you were just like, I'm done with this shit, <laughs> this guy, and... But those, t- but, but something about it was like, that was like the, those are moments where you're just like, I so, like, you're immediately associated with wrestling. Like if someone says wrestling, it's like my friend Dan, you know, mm. there's like certain, like if someone said to you like poetry, you would say Tyler, you yeah. know, like you, you, you get those sense and you had that from such an early age. How was that? Um, I'm sure you could have wrestled somewhere right in college yeah what was that decision like you'd mentioned already Um, being a little frustrated with it i think the only the only thing that happened to wrestling with me was inside my own head Um, yeah i had put so much time into it that i thought it was win or bust yeah was it burnout 
Is there a- you? I mean, yeah, that's an easy thing to call it because you know a lot of people think my dad made me do all this stuff. The, there's only one thing in life dad ever made me do, and that was learning to do everything in my left hand I could do in my right hand. Oh, really? Is, yeah, which is awesome. That everything, is. I can barely do things with either hand. But so. everything else, the running, the working out, he just said, you know, if you want to reach your goals, these are the things you got to do. And yeah. all that stuff, I just, you know, getting up early, running, doing all that, working out, all that I did on my own. He never once woke me up or made me do anything. Uh-huh. Um, I, the last summer I wrestled, I went to uh, Jay Robinson Intensive Camp up in Upper Iowa. And Jay Robinson was a longtime head coach at Minnesota. And that camp, he came down and worked with me one-on-one. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's probably something he always does. You know, goes down, works with yeah. a couple kids, whatever. And it just happened. I was like, maybe I just got lucky, you know. And one of the guys that started the camp with him came up to me and told him it was the first time in 20-some years he ever saw him work with a kid. Um, and Danny Williams was at Minnesota at the time. He was an Indiana State champ. Yeah. And um, he then practiced with me the rest of that week. And when Dad came to pick me up from camp to get to my sister's wedding on time, um, Jay sat us down and was like, if you stay on this path, I want you to be a gopher. Like, wow. And I was 14, and it was awesome. But at the same time, it became about winning. And that summer, you got it, a little to, me, to me, it became about winning. So that summer, I had a chance to win the Triple Crown and uh, during the summer, which was Folk South Freestyle and Greco State Champ. Uh-huh. And Folk South, I popped out a rib, and I ended up getting fifth and didn't wrestle another summer. And I just got so down on myself, so upset with myself that I was just, you know, I started lifting for football and doing wrestling during wrestling season. I always worked out um, and that kind of thing. Like senior year when, when I made it to state, finally, there were only two kids down there that no longer wrestled summer wrestling. It was me and one other kid from Cathedral. Okay. And so that the whole summer thing is, such a big deal for kids. So you kind of had backed off on wrestling as far as the, the trajectory of it. Yeah. A little earlier than yeah. I. In my and head, it was like senior. Oh, you didn't see it yet. at the time. Like well, I, the, the UFC, MMA, those those other things you can do. Some of these colleges now will pay kids when they graduate. You know, sixty, seventy thousand to come be a part of their club and like basically another assistant coach in uh, a way. Uh, I didn't see any any of that. You yeah, know, possibility out there at the time, or you know, I'm yeah, you don't really it. see it, right? You don't in the way that, yeah, there's, because wrestling is, it feels like something that people do through high school and then stop. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah, high like, school like, or Olympics. That's like. Yeah, and then it's like, well, how do? That's so far away. The Olympics is so. Yeah. It's like, well, that seems impossible. Versus like, oh, I maybe I go to a JUCO and then I transfer to a division one and then I, and then I work my way up like in like say basketball or football or something, you know, like you, you can see it, you know? Um, but you you don't really see it, um, in wrestling. Oh, we're before we, I don't want me to forget this before we get off wrestling. Um, I found out a weird thing, uh, recently that, uh, Wendell Wilkie's brother was in the like 1920s Olympics. Really? Yeah, for wrestling. Huh. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know that. Very it was very it was a very cool fact. Um, but it was yeah, so because everyone always talks about the famous person from Elwood is Wendell Wilkie. It's like, well actually his brother was also an Olympic an Olympian, that's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's, yeah. And we and somehow we've had two Olympians. Um 
But yeah. Well, so here, so so you you've mentioned your dad a couple of times, and um, love your dad. Um, see, doing no, well? mom and dad are doing awesome. They're doing great, yeah. awesome. <laughs> For some reason, my dad told me the other day that your mom got a new car. Yeah, while, he, uh, saw, while back, he yeah. like saw he like saw her drive by, mm. and he's like wanted to tell me that your mom got a new car. <laughs> I don't know, but congrats to your mom, and um, that's awesome. But anyway, so I was thinking uh, about you know I'm I'm kind of surrounded by Keelishes, and uh, and ha- always have been, and so. Well, there was this moment one time when my when my ex-wife Diana first moved here. I don't know if I told you this story. We we just moved here, and we were driving, and uh, we're following this trailer that has big hay bales on it, and one of them rolls off. Okay, and so <laughs> me and this other car pull over, and we're trying to help the guy push it back on, and it's one of your maybe uncles or cousins. I don't know which one it was, and and. Because the guy with me said, oh, that's just one of them Keelish boys. And my ex-wife, Diana, who's from like San Francisco, thought that was hilarious. Thought the Keelish boys. And so the anytime I would talk about you or like say like Dan might come, she'd be like, oh, is he one of them Keelish boys? Um, and that's <laughs> – so in my head now, it's the the Keelish boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that – so I just wonder, you're from this area. How is it being away from it? Have you ever thought about moving back, or you just like it down there so much? And I mean, I always hate the windmills. and just something about them. You hate, you yeah. know, can I say something? I'm going to say something about this. <clears throat> um, I realized that I was, I thought I was hallucinating because it's one of my symptoms for um, my bipolar disorder. I thought I was hallucinating because I would lay down in bed and I would hear... Motors. And I was like, I was like, well, that can't, I don't know what that is. And, you know, they always say, well, no, the windmills don't make noise. And what, but I realized that I've had to adjust to that it, because when it's dead silent out here at night, you can hear it, especially if it's windy mm-hmm. or you can hear the, right. Yeah. And so you don't, you don't like them, huh? No. Well, they're, I think that was a shady thing from the. From the get go, from what I know of it, but well, you'll notice yeah. none near this property because of yeah. Grandpa. He didn't. Oh, yeah. He was like was one of the only people that didn't put a lot. I mean, a lot of guys I think saw it as a cash grab. Yep. But um, you know, I I love it down there. I mean, you know, we got family here. This will always be where and, we're where Kelsey and I are from. We come up here and visit and sure. stuff like that. But and it's not far. Yeah, we're forty five minutes an hour. Yeah. You know, but down there where we're at. You know, in a perfect world. Where are you world. at? Uh, we're what on area. Basically, the Lawrence part of Indianapolis, northeast side, off seventy. We're uh, five minutes from guys. Five minutes okay. south of guys. You know, there we're you not go. not in guys by no means. But just <laughs> not saying that. Of. Not saying that. But uh, yeah, there there's some ground down there. I got my eye on things work out that I like to get and get you know, after in. after being going to a small school, working at a small school, and now working at a big school. I would definitely like for my kids to have the opportunities at a big school. Okay. You know, just that's fair. There's, that's fair. There's a lot. You know, nothing against small schools at all. They're all schools are awesome, but I just, you know, I 
I just like the opportunities, the, you know, it can be a little bit more diverse yep. and curriculum and people and, you know, everything yep. like that. So I'm not saying small, no, absolutely. small schools are awful. Small schools are awesome, you know, but I just kind of see everything I've learned now. I'm like, yeah, we kind of like it down there. And, you know, there's spots, there's some ground yeah. down there I've been looking at because, yep. you know, she don't want to live too far around the country. She like to be 10, 15 minutes away from places. I want to be away from people. Yep. So there's a couple places that kind of split that happy medium. So I had the same problem when I was in Austin. I was like, I like this. It's awesome to be able to just like to have my neighborhood bar to walk to or to, you know, be five minutes from like most cool, like a lot of cool places. But the thing was the space of like, well, at an apartment or even a house, you're still in the city. You're, you're there. Mm-hmm. And man, especially as someone who's, mental illness makes them scream sometimes it's nice to be away it's not it's nice to not be crammed with other families and other you know and yeah so i imagine too where you grew up you know you were on this plot of land that was just your family as the same way like me like we had our space to run around and yell and holler and do projects and like it's it was gotta it's hard when you when you don't have that yeah it's hard having neighbors yeah that too that too absolutely Absolutely. Um, oh, so, so we met, I mentioned the thing you said about wrestling pigs earlier, and I I was wondering if we could talk for a second. I've never talked to you about uh, your time without you know raising hogs and stuff. Um, I I was around when you did it, but I didn't. When I was in fourth and fifth grade, I didn't have the um, skills to talk to you about it. Um, <laughs> now I do. Um, that had when you look back on that how do you so you raised hogs for 4-h for how many years oh wow i mean it wasn't always 4-h we when i was a or kid, for other yeah, things when i was a kid four dad got completely out of farming um and all that stuff went down um we raised you know 1500 head or 2000 head fair to finish um wait I, so total, like yeah like total, total? yeah okay. total hogs between we're mostly where mom and dad still live at now. Those old buildings we've all torn down. But um, yeah, no, I think the I biggest. And it's funny how that property's changed so much since we were kids. Yeah, yeah. Dad and I tore down about every building that was there when they got ready to build a new house and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, I think the biggest thing with doing that, and then like during the summers, I go and bell hay and straw for all the neighbors around. Yep. Um, it's just the uh, work ethic. Like doing things like now, were, yep. Like being a do it now type of person. That's a big thing, um, and then just there's work to be done. Do it. I mean, it's not going anywhere. So, you know that kind of stuff. And then you obviously learn a lot about the animals and taking care of them and yep. all that stuff. And that hogs are actually really smart. Uh, yeah, they are. And yeah, I wonder. I assume I assume you you eat meat, um, but I but as someone who goes back and forth between vegetarian and not, um, I the closer I get to like when I'm friends with someone like when my ex wife's uh, family had a chicken farm and I could see that like a big factory it was like a big factory farm mm-hmm. and. I like quitting <laughs> like I was like that close. So because of those, some of those realizations too, like oh, these are like a little more 
like actual creatures. They're not as rubbery as you think of them as yeah, being. The, the factory farm is a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah. You can go down there. Mom and dad got hogs. That'll be down there beating on one, just saying he's tenderizing the meat. You know, kind of patting <laughs> up and down right. there. Yeah, yeah. Back. It was just something. You, you had know, a we, relationship we, with the animal. Mm. Not in a, not in yeah, like a I mean, personal you, you, way. You yeah, were like hanging out with it. You raising and whatnot, but at the end of the day, you're raising for food. Yeah, but you're, but you still have a relate. You're versus like an electric feeder and those kind of, like these factory farms. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, you know, and it definitely tastes. That to this day, I still really the only main only pork I eat is what we butcher still. Yeah, and then trying to work on getting a beef butchered again because for the most part if i go out to you it's probably getting chicken or some sort of pasta so i can't eat pork can, i don't eat many steaks when we go out to tell, eat stuff like just, that it's just a difference yep you can tell the difference um well wait, how are you yeah so we uh we'll start heading towards wrapping up but i uh i was thinking about i was thinking about our relationship today and like being friends for so long and stuff and you're one of those two that we got closer after we weren't seeing each other every day after we were after we graduated we got closer because it's funny how it shuffles out where you you got in that group there's a group of us uh like clark and cody van buskirk and a few other people who went away to college and then for whatever reason when we came back we would like play basketball or we would, like, hang out, um, you know. And I, I'm still fascinated by how that works. Like, um, you know, I think we were the, the closest we've ever been now and in third grade. Mm-hmm. But what something happened, in, right, where we got involved in our own things and our own. Yeah. And then, but something brought us back together. Um, yeah, and I, so I've just been fascinated with that late, lately. Um, it's not really a question. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's just, it's, I don't know if it's a small town thing or if it's that way everywhere that just, you know, you're friends with a lot of people in school and you're closer to some that you're maybe playing sports with or hanging out with or traveling with or whatever. And then something, I don't know, something weird about, you know, those of us who are constantly going and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's just like I don't know if it's the energy of oh these guys oh we're all going to be back in town again they're all doing let's see what cool stuff they're up to yeah or something I, like that. that's a really good point Dan I I I think it is something like that because um, you know I mean I'm just curious as hell so like I love being friends with Clark now because he's a neurologist and I can just and I'm yeah, and he's I have a, smarter than I have like. a weird brain so I'm like tell me about my brain. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and like I said with you, like, I'm like, oh, I just made a realization. Um, So, you know, I was working in elementary schools and I worked in preschool and I love that. The the lower level, I love teaching. um, And I've also taught uh, poetry and writing to all ages up to like 70 year olds. And I, but a couple years ago, my bipolar disorder is getting so bad. I, I was like, I need to back off. Uh, I don't feel comfortable being in a classroom right now. And, you know, it's a lot of stress and it's a, and also vulnerable populations and all that. And so I think too, part of that living vicariously through my friends is, is like, um, being interested. That's why I think I talked, I think we talked for like 20 minutes about teaching math because I'm just like, <laughs> like, 
I miss the classroom. So I think that's part, so to your point, that's probably a lot of it is like, it's really cool when our friend Cody's like telling us about making the engines for Dodge Rams. Like yeah. that, like that's cool, you know, or whatever I offer, I, just weird talking. But, um, but that, that works for me. Um, yeah. Do you ever have the urge to like, uh, reach back to someone that we haven't talked to since we were like 18, like you haven't seen. I, I had Darian Southern on this podcast a couple weeks yeah, ago. I saw, I haven't got to that one yet. And uh, it was amazing. I haven't seen her since we graduated. She's obviously been through a lot, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. And she talks about it very openly on the podcast and I appreciate that. But it was like nothing, we were talking to each other like, like it was we were then. in high school again. Yeah. And it was so Glad she's doing well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you, ever, do you ever have that urge? Or do you ever think, does everyone, I get sometimes someone will pop in my head. I'm like, I haven't thought about that person. Sometimes, um, you know, I still will talk with Jeff here and there. Jeff Nolan. Yeah. Yep. You know, I want to have him on as our, our uh, fishing, hunting Oh yeah. Uh, expert. Oh yeah, that's the guy. He, uh, you know, hey, you know, he's, I'm, I'm just so happy for him. Proud of him. He's doing awesome. Yeah. His wife, kids, and, and everything he's doing. And mm-hmm. then. You know, I still talk to Tyler O. Uh huh. Some, um, you know, and there's a couple friends from high school you think about reaching out to, but it's the how. You know, like, yeah. You you want to help them from things you hear, but you don't want to go into it with the assumption of things haven't changed when yeah. maybe they have, and things like that. You know, um, you know, one of our friends from high school. Um, you know, JR's, you know, Grant, Ralph passed recently. Ralph, yep. I, man, we had so many long Friday nights at Ralph's playing Euchre. See, some yeah, of the best those nights. moments. And, you know, that, speaking of reaching back out, you know, I just reached out to him and said, man, been a while, but loved Ralph, so I wanted to let you know. Because at the time, I was actually quarantined. Yeah. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to make the service or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, for what it's worth, just reach trying to reach out and just trying to figure out how to do it when it's not in those times. Yeah. You know, the times of, oh, man, you lost someone, so let me reach out, like, do it when maybe something could happen. But then again, you know, sometimes... But sometimes that's sometimes what those moments are for. Sometimes life goes another way for Sometimes that's what those moments, I think, are for, um, are moments where we can stop and kind of ground ourselves in, like... Um, that's why I like birthdays is... And I... I like having birthday parties is I can see like, oh, so-and-so didn't come to my birthday. They must not, they didn't come to my birthday two years in a row. I'm going to guess they're not, they don't really <laughs> like me anymore, you know? Or like, oh, I never would have thought. Like, um, like, well, one, a good example is you came to my grandpa's funeral and you were one of like five or six of my friends. Cause I didn't, I mean, I said, if you want to come, come, but I didn't like pressure people into it. Uh, like some of my closest friends didn't come because they had to work and I was like, don't worry about it, you know? But some people took the time and took the, and and so when you, like, you note those things, like, mm-hmm. and like Jared will note that, like, oh, Dan, you know, that, and so now that's opened up so many more possibilities. Yeah, um, and especially, I mean, so much time has passed. You know, yeah. most of us, all of us are different than, yes. you know, 2007 and, when we all left. Yeah, and well, and I think, I think there's something that happens to, um, 
especially folks who don't like settle down and immediately get married and have kids. Um, I've noticed a lot of the guys, I think both of us, we can both be including this, uh, from Elwood in our class, their late twenties were a little rough. We had mid to late twenties. We had some rough patches, right? Where we're figuring ourselves out. And, um, so now here in our early thirties, it's like yeah. I'm giving things a second chance. With you know, I'm just like that's part of that was a nice thing about moving back. I'm like I'm here. Let's try again. It was a little shaky last time, but let's try it now. Um, so I think that's really important. Uh, I, I made a realization today. We are only so we you know we spent our if we spent um, you know you spent fifteen years in school 14 15 years we've been out of school for 14 years mm-hmm. we so we've been out of school as long yeah, as we were in school I... whoa yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's weird i've, I've told Kels before i'm like it seems like even though i know it's my one life here all the stuff that's going on but it seems like it's been you know three or four different lives you know yes. like you got the elementary you got the middle school you got yeah. the high school you got the college and then yeah you got that whatever the 20s were and yeah and now yes what whatever the 20s were uh that's gonna be the name of my memoir <laughs> whatever my 20s were um yeah i i get that i get that sense and i and i think i'm always interested in i don't i don't know if our parents generations were like this you know a lot of people got married you know, we're married and had kids, and, and a lot of us now are like, I mean, I'm a weird thing because I've been married twice since <laughs> at 32, but uh, but I never said settled down in the normal sense, and but it's like a lot more in flux for, you know, we move and we get grad school degrees and we change jobs, where like a lot of people, you know, in the previous generation is like one job. Or like one spouse or one like serious relationship. I I met this person when I was twenty, now we're together till we're till we die. Yep. You know? And we don't do that as much anymore. And so it does get that kind of like multiple personality type feelings yeah. like Yeah, it's weird because I didn't think I'd be thirty two going on thirty three and not have kids yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm glad things worked out the way they did because yeah. I'm in a better situation than I am now. Especially, yes, absolutely, you're an amazing. You know, my situation. dad used to always tell my mom they were gonna have first grandkids out of me. I'm eight, nine, eight, nine years younger than my brother and sister. <laughs> um, luckily, he was wrong, but um, yeah, and you know things just worked out the way they were supposed to. You know? Yeah. So now I can be an old cool dad. Yes, and it's not even. Now it's just like you used to you'd be the only like mid thirties dad or whenever you have a kid, mid thirties, late thirties, whatever. You'd be the only one like that. Now it's like nor mm-hmm. like half the kids will have that, you know, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at too, especially. Yeah. So it's just funny how that changes. Um and it certainly has. Um yeah, so before we finish up, a couple things. Um I was wondering, I always like to talk to people about what they're learning because I think that's something else that our generation is figuring out is that you don't really stop learning. And you've obviously, you went back to school uh, and, you you know, and you you talked about going 
for a PhD in the future. So you're obviously interested in learning, and you literally are in a school every day. Um, and so I, is there any, any new developments in like things you're interested in and things you're learning or anything? Uh, is there? I don't know. What's I became a big reader. You did. What yeah. do you What do you like to read? Man, um, I'll read right now a lot of like leadership school stuff. Yeah. Uh, biographies. I just finished Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography. Total Recall it was awesome. Um, different stuff like that. I still read weather books, which I've done forever. Um, Did you say weather? Yeah. Oh, and I then, remember you yeah. were into that. But I, then, yeah, uh, interesting. Just trying to get in some like mystery. Like I'm a big nonfiction type person, or yeah. things I can apply. But trying to get into like the more fiction mystery, trying to yes. get that a little bit. Hopefully, it can entertain me some, just because it's supposed to be good to help your mind or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've been trying to focus on is everyone that you meet, you can learn something from. Either something you don't like or something you do like. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you can figure out why. And yeah. Maybe make it something useful. It's still and if learning. If you do experience. like it, you can make it your own. And Absolutely. that's a big thing in teaching and coaching. Like because with teaching and coaching, you got to. Whatever you do, it has to be your personality or the kids are going to, they're going to read right through it. Yep. So, you know, just finding those strategies that you like and be like, okay, how can I put my spin on it so mm-hmm. it can be authentic and be useful? So that's what I've tried to do, try to basically steal a little bit from everybody that I cross with. And Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's part of the, yeah, that's part of the deal, like, or that's like the best tactic is I like every time I have a conversation like this or whatever, like, Oh, what do what can I learn from that person mm-hmm. in whatever direction um, about being a better person? Yep. Um, Cause it's not natural. <laughs> like we, it takes practice yeah. and it takes, um, and you gotta be able to have, like you talked earlier about being uncomfortable. You gotta be able to be okay being uncomfortable and have, civil conversations of disagreement yeah. to get to yeah. some sort of active Well, you mentioned er, before we started recording that you like podcasts a lot too. And my, I wonder if yours is similar to my reason. My, my initial reason was it was the first space I ever heard two guys talking like about their feelings and about their interests. And about, like our dads weren't like having we weren't watching our dads have conversations like this, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so for me, podcast was the first space I could do that where people talked about their failures and their hopes and their, and especially men, like getting to see a man, like hearing a man do that was really huge for me on podcast. Um, and then as some, and then kind of what sustains me with podcasts is that I just like, if I feel like I, I'm like the third person in conversation sometimes on podcasts, or if it's like a more like, reporting podcast i i feel like i'm getting briefed on something i'm like i feel really secretive like i'm not supposed to be there (laughs) and it feels really cool um and it feels really special um so yeah i think podcast is an amazing uh medium because it does that where we can constantly uh just learn from insights of other people and it's another place for me it was a nice place to learn and turn my mind off yeah i have a yeah, I'm always doing something. I've gotten my more and more OCD as I get older. Okay. And like to the point where I made other people around me more organized. Um, 
So it's just a nice place to be able to try to turn my mind off for a while and laugh or listen to sports or, you know, yeah. Joe Rogan, listen to yeah, everybody yeah. he has on there. He has about everybody. That's, um, that's, uh, say what you want about Joe Rogan, but he is, he's, if, he's nothing if not curious. And yeah. that's what I appreciate. And that's why I like how well he articulates, because he's obviously got the biggest audience and the biggest paycheck from it. <laughs> but, you know, that he keeps showing that it's okay to ask and understand and admit your shortcomings and things like that yep. which and then not not just be cool with yeah i'm not good at that but and, but i'm and not good at that research, I'm practice it. which teaches you like mm -hmm. if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna like yeah i just like you know when i interact with someone i like to know a little even if it's just facebook snooping knowing a little about them and like it just reminds you like oh yeah this whole life thing takes work and like Mm -hmm. And leading with that is really important. Um, yeah, well, that's great. So I like so the thing I've been doing lately to end is I like to take a moment for us to be grateful um, about to show like gratitude to say something we're grateful for to show gratitude as the way to end. It's a weird way to end, but let's do it. Um, I'll go first. Uh, my mine is the thing I was thinking about today is. I'm glad I'm alive now rather than some other time. <laughs> I, in the past, there was a lot of scary things. Um, and there was a lot of like, even just like today, just like running around, like going to the gym and doing this, recording this, the technology aspect of it, the convenience of it. Um, you know, obviously, uh, as someone with bipolar disorder, I probably would have been confused for a witch or as being... Uh, possessed by demons in the past, so I'm thankful for that. <laughs> um, uh, and then in the future, I don't know what's gonna happen, so I'm a little scared. <laughs> so no. I'm like, who knows what the future looks like? Um, both because of what now looks like, but also just in general, who knows? So like now feels really good, so I'm really grateful for that right now. Yeah. What's something you're grateful for? You can yeah. take a second if you need. Obviously, always grateful I've came from, uh, well, from my immediate family. Close, yeah. close, immediate family, mom, yeah. dad, brother, sister, grandparents, and the, you know, the, those of us that are always together to talk or whatever. The Keyless Boys. But, uh, it, well, not it, all of them. At all. Not all of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a different story. But, uh, you know, right now, really, is, you know, Kelsey, she does a lot for me without even, like, realizing it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, That's as far stable. as like things that are going on work, or I, I, I'm the type I'll stress about stress for the stress to stress about, but I, you won't know it because I'll always look the same. Uh huh. I feel but you. she's done awesome with dealing with any wild, crazy ideas I want to do at the house, with my coaching, with being gone, <laughs> with teaching, with this, that, and the other. Yeah. When I come home, start stressing, she just listens. She's like, okay, did you hear what you said? Like, so I'm just thankful that she, that I found like a her, someone force? that gets me. She's like kind of yeah. stabilizing. You know, yeah, like, that, that gets me. It's like, oh, okay, really let's, let's turn that brain off for a minute. I hear what you're saying. Let's talk about it later when you're not so worked up. And then we just chill. And she like completely gets me. So I got lucky there. That's, so that's probably what I'm That's awesome. That's for. a great thing to be thankful for. Well, also, I'm thankful that you did this. So thanks for yeah, man, coming over. Yeah, man, I appreciate over. you. Uh, and thanks for... Um, yeah, going wherever my yeah, weird man. mind takes us. And whoever's listening to this, listen, spread the word. Gobbles, future barn. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Thank you. All right.
Take care, y'all. Here's the time for gratitude. Thank you to Landon Caldwell slash Creeping Pink for the use of his song uh, Free Yourself to start off this podcast each and every episode. Thank you to my Patreon supporters, um, Enrique Lozano and Paz Pardo, Terry Tan and Billy Burkert, uh, Josh Caldwell, Heather Collier, and uh, Morgan Jackman and family. Um, I appreciate your support of all my work through being a Patreon supporter. Um, if anyone else would like to be a Patreon supporter, it's patreon.com slash yourbuddytgob. And thank you to all of y'all for listening. Please subscribe.